Welcome back to Chatting with Channing, the podcast for Channing School that lets you, the listener, find out more by hearing from people throughout the whole school community. Each episode, you'll hear real stories from staff, from pupils, from parents and the school's alumni to give you a true reflection of life on Highgate Hill. Now, today we're talking to the lead counsellor at the senior school, Jennifer Barnaby. That means we're going to find out exactly what that means, what the services are that are available to the pupils and why this is so important. But we also asked Jennifer for her top tips for all of us to improve our mental health. So good to hear these. That's all coming up in this episode. So come with me now as Arabella speaks to the lead counsellor at the senior school. It's Jennifer Barnaby. Hello, I am joined today by Jennifer Barnaby, the school counsellor at Channing. Welcome. Hi. How are you doing today? Good and you? Very good. So uh, what are some of the things that have taken place since you started your uh, day at school? So today we've been a bit busy. I've seen a few students in different lessons. Their lessons kind of change up, so they don't always see me the same time every week, so they don't miss the same subjects or the same lessons. So today I've had different students in period one, period two, uh, then a bit of a coffee break with a biscuit, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, no, and then right. going on to to do some more students this afternoon. So it's been it's been a good day. Yeah, sounds, gosh, sounds very busy. So Jennifer, it'd be lovely to hear a little bit about what is your role in the school and, you know, how do you get involved and what does that actually look like? So I'm the lead counsellor at the senior school and I work alongside Abby Sola, um, who's the other counsellor here. Um, so Abby Sola works a Monday and Tuesday and then I work a Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So we cover the whole week and we have um, a great working relationship and um, we both trained in different modalities and different um, kinds of counseling so um, we can offer the best service to the students and depending on what the students are after we kind of look at who fits best in terms of the counsellor and then we make sure that those students see that particular counsellor. You mentioned different modalities. What does that actually mean? There are different types of counselling. You can have right. um, a counsellor who's in psychodynamic. You can have a counsellor who's trained in person-centred and humanistic. And then you can have counsellors who are trained in CBT. Or you can get counsellors who are trained across the board. So I'm actually what you call a pluralistic counsellor. So I'm able to work um, in a psychodynamic way. I'm able to work in a person-centred, humanistic approach. But then I'm also able to work in a cognitive behavioural therapy approach which actually gives us the ability to really help students get the most so psychodynamics all about going in the past so looking back at sort of childhood trauma things that have maybe happened that might be triggering now was person-centered it's more about here and now it's a very client-centered approach mm -hmm. so it's all client-led so it's what they want to talk about it's what's going on with for them right now and then cognitive behavioral therapy is all about sort of like the future your hopes your goals and really a motivational um, kind of therapy that's all about right how can we make a positive change for the future how can we make this better Wow, gosh, thank you. Do you know what, Jennifer? Because I'm sure particularly for parents and students listening, they're probably like, they've heard all those terms, particularly CBT, which a lot of people talk about, and actually understanding the differences between those three. So how did you actually get into this line of work? So my brother passed away 12 years ago. Right. And his last wish was actually to be a counsellor. He phoned me three days before to say that he was moving to where I was living in Australia and he was going to be a counsellor. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So after a while, I kept thinking that 
there was something in me that just felt I really needed to do this almost fulfill his wish but it was also he had struggled um he had been in drug addiction he had struggled at school um and I just felt that you know if I can help the children of today I hopefully will give them a brighter future and although I wasn't able to help my brother I'm hoping that by fulfilling his wish and you know helping children I mean I'm going to fulfill someone's you know future hopefully um so yeah, so I undertook uh, three years of studying. Mm-hmm. I kind of stopped my marketing career and told my husband, uh, "Yeah, I'm changing careers and I'm taking a dive." Um, <laughs> wow. And and that's exactly what I did. So um, I trained for three, going on four years, and then I started working at an addiction center, and then started working in domestic abuse. And then through COVID, did a lot of telephone counselling and then has now gone on to work on with children in schools, which I absolutely love. My goodness, well, what a, what a sort of wonderful trajectory. I mean, I feel that some people are thinking, wow, that's a big um, thing to take on, particularly from your brother as well. And as you say, wanting to make a difference and actually wanting to see other people have opportunities that perhaps he had, didn't have the same support. What are some of the joyous moments that you have seen, Jennifer, since you have embarked on this career? I think seeing people flourish and seeing people make a turnaround, make a change, change for the positive. And I think, you know, sometimes it's just having that someone to listen to, um, someone to process their thoughts with and explore their thoughts. And maybe they hadn't really thought of it like that, or they hadn't really, you know, looked at it from that lens or that perspective. And I think sometimes just having that safe space, that confidential space, allowing particularly students to just break away from their school day, to just you know, offload Mm -hmm. and say, look, this is what's going on for me at the moment. This is what I'm really struggling with. I just, and us being able to, you know, talk together and explore things, talk about emotions, talk about feelings that maybe they don't want to talk about, um, you know, and just in a safe space. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, you see them or they knock on the door and they say, oh, you know, I've got new friendship or, you know, this has changed. And it is just, the most amazing feeling knowing that you've helped someone or you've been you've walked alongside them you know you've not you've been a support for them and I think that in in schools nowadays is just so crucial I mean your passion is just infectious for what you do and it's so great to hear and I think that is a really um, important thing because obviously talking about for young people at the moment, there is so many, there's such a sort of huge discussions there around mental health and, and level of anxiety, in particular thinking as well about young people living in London. So, you know, what services you've talked about actually being there, listening to them and actually having the chance to, you know, support them. What sort of other services do you provide for the students and how can they actually access this as well? What are some of the routes? So one of the main things is obviously if a child is, you know, having any, you know, worries or concerns, they're able to obviously go to their form tutor, number one. You know, that's the first person they see in the morning. So they're able to talk to their form tutor. They can also go on and talk to their head of year, um, you know, and, and put those concerns across. And then normally the form tutor will fill out a referral form. We have a referral forms for years seven, eight and nine. And along with parent consent, then the referral form gets sent to us. 
whereas year 10s and above can self-refer, as well as we offer a drop-in service. So I always say my door is always open. I am here at break time. I'm here at lunchtime. You're always welcome to pop in. So even if they don't want to speak to their form tutor or they don't want to speak to the head of year or the nurses, they're always welcome to come into my room. We can have a chat. And then if counselling is something that they want to take on, then we're able to obviously let them fill the referral form and then we contact them with some sessions and we get them into sessions. And do you have many girls that kind of pop in and say hello or are you getting to know other pupils around the school? Yes, for sure. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, because it is a confidential service, I always say to them, if I see them around, I never make eye contact with them because if they're with their friends, you know, they might not want to say hello, but we often get them knocking and coming in and saying, oh, you know, so that happened and then this happened and oh, thank you. And then they run off again or, you know, or they just come and say hello. So it's it's really lovely. And, you know, we want to have that open door policy and I want them to always know that, you know, I'm here and if you want to come and have a chat, you know, I might be eating my lunch or having my coffee and my biscuit, but <laughs> you're welcome to come and say hello. Well, I must say it sounds, it just sounds incredible, actually, the fact that there is this opportunity. And why do you think it's important for the school, for Channing to have made this decision to have um, a counselling service? I think nowadays we live in a busy world. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on at school. And I think counselling can really have a positive effect on a young person's confidence. It can help with their resilience, their self-worth. You know, it can help with friendships, it can help with family relationships, it can help with, you know, academic pressures, um, as well as it can help them come to school, because sometimes there is school, uh, you know, um, they don't want to come attend school. So, um, you know, it can help with that. And I just think that, you know, if we're able to help them cope, and find coping mechanisms and we're able to make them feel you know they're able to cope within the pressures of daily life I think it's just so important to have it. So it is basically it's like that one of the tools isn't it not just about how can you be a better thinker or better academically but actually how can you think and understand yourself as well. Do you notice a difference between the age ranges because obviously you know Channing goes with the girls go from 11 to 18 is there a sort of variety of different needs across the age groups? I mean, is that a challenge for you as well, working with girls of all ages? Oh, you know, I think all, all you know, children come with different challenges. You know, it's the nature of children. But I don't think it's a challenge for us. I think we we obviously offer a service that covers, you know, we're able to help them across many different things. Um, so I wouldn't see it as a challenge. And whether you 11, whether you 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, we kind of see the same things, just obviously in different kind of levels or, you know, some are feeling more academic pressure because they might be doing GCSEs, they mm. might be in your sixth form, or, you know, friendship issues are across the board but you know all the things we see things like you know eating disorders or self-harm anxiety it really runs across all ages so you know we just are able to help them in in any way they need okay and that that is important so actually interestingly I mean have you noticed any specific trends perhaps in your time as a school counselor things have changed at all 
I think anxiety has definitely yeah. heightened. I think there's a lot of anxiety amongst students in general. And, you know, that's across different schools. I think that's definitely heightened. We've definitely seen more disorderly eating. Um, you know, that's sort of something that's 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 still there, but obviously has become heightened. And then just, you know, a lot of school refusing. And I think that's a lot to do with the anxiety sometimes. You know, and we're seeing a lot of um, neurodiversity in schools. So, so it's just really being able to to help students feel safe to feel confident and to feel they you know have a confidential space to come in and see us you know and and that's really helping being that support and for them to know that we're here Okay. And that, that is that idea, as you say, that confidential support. Now, probably parents are listening and thinking, well, I have seen my, you know, daughter being more anxious, or I have seen some of the things you just mentioned, you know, is it possible for parents? What would you say to them? How could they help support mental health at home, but also help, you know, if they see something like this, what, what do you think they should be doing? I think it's very much be there to listen, Right. Okay. you know, very much an open line of communication you know, ask how they're doing and ask if they want to talk and to let them know that they can talk to anyone and that person will listen. You know, someone is going to listen. I think spending time together, you know, with your child is important and without distraction so that you are fully engaged and fully listening. But one of the biggest things is to let them share it in their time and their pace. Because you don't want to be pushing them and because often that then pushes them away. So the more you can, you know, just let them do it in their pace and when they're ready, I think that's really encouraging. And for them to know that it's okay to talk. And although we might not be able to specifically put our finger on that feeling, that's okay too. It's okay because even us adults, we don't always know how we're feeling so, you know, it's important to encourage speaking and to, you know, even if children say, I'm feeling a little, uh, but I don't know, you know, that's okay. You know, it's, it's always okay. And I think it's okay, you know, to let children know that it's okay to seek outside support, mm -hmm. you know, that it's okay that if we need to seek, you know, a counsellor or we need to go and see a doctor or you know whatever avenue you need to go down that it's really okay support is a good thing it's not you know we all need support at times and as long as we have that person to talk to that's what's important thank you and I think that is brilliant advice because parents often feel like how do I approach my teenage <laughs> child and you know when whatever I say often feels like it's the wrong thing but you're it you're so right that yes that can feel difficult and can sometimes feel a challenging relationship but actually just asking but waiting and saying that I will support you um, and there are other avenues to go to like I don't have to be the answer but I can make that happen I think is really good for parents to know that because it can sometimes feel quite challenging so what are your top tips perhaps then Jennifer maybe I'm pushing you on the spot here I mean obviously I think having a coffee and a biscuit sounds really good but what are <laughs> some of your top tips for all of us to think about how we can actually practice better mental health to actually support ourselves with all the different pressures we have maybe going through our daily lives? I think self-care, you know, as you said, we all have busy lives and we all need to pause and take a minute. 
but more so we all need to practice better self-care you know it's okay to go out and enjoy yourself and do something you love you know that's really important you know to practice things like gratitude you know and to try we're best to start the day on a positive you know kind of when you wake up and you start the down a positive it kind of sets you up for the rest of the day so having those positive thoughts and holding on to those and I think also don't be afraid to talk you know if you've got that great friend or you know you've got someone you're close to I think talking is really great you know things like practicing mindfulness and just pausing you know and just breathing the air and being grateful for what's you know even if it's the smallest thing in the day you know you know I could say my coffee and my biscuit like you mm-hmm. said you know being grateful for my coffee and my biscuit but you know it's just having that time to stop and look after yourself because we are so busy and we are taking care of, you know, often, you know, for parents, children and children are worried about friends. And But it's important to look after yourself. And self-care is my 101% top tip to anyone I ever say, you know, do the things you love, find that time, you know, take that minute, breathe, you know, go go get your favorite pastry, you know, have your coffee, have your chill time. It's really important. And well, and I love that. And I think self-care is really important. What about for those girls who uh, feel that school life, the school day is busy and they rush into school and then it's kind of go, go, go. What are some of the practical tools that you give them to help bring in maybe that pause or to reflect? What are some of the ideas that you say this is actually going to help you achieve them? You know, often we talk about, you know, when the girls come into school to 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 really, you know, often they listen to their iP- their music, you know, so have their AirPods in and, you know, listen to their, you know, their, their music. It's a calm, you know, that's sort of you say the calm before the storm, but it's really important that they set themselves up right. So whether they're walking up the hill, being grateful for the air around them, same thing, you know, practicing that mindfulness on the way to school, you know, what they're grateful for. And to give themselves that credit and say, you know, this is what I love about myself. And, you know, I just have that confidence, believe in yourself. So it's all those kind of things we often speak to the girls about, but also in the school day, if they are finding it overwhelming, to find that space, to be with a friend who they find really supportive, to take that step away and to just breathe. It's okay to just sit down and go, oh, I just need five minutes. (laughs) Okay, and thank you because I think that I think that is so true. And sometimes it's very hard as when people get themselves in their head. They're like, "Whoa, whoa, how do I do this?" And actually, there is space to do that at school, and there's lots of opportunities to stop and take that moment. So, Jennifer, outside of your role, we've I haven't really asked much about you as a person. I mean, we obviously know about your brother. We know what got you started, but what are you interested in? What are you passionate about outside of your life as a school counselor? Well, I always grew up playing tennis, um, but now I've really taken to paddle tennis. I absolutely oh. love paddle tennis. What about paddle so, that is the thing? Because I keep on hearing about it and people, I'm like, what is it that you think this is better than tennis? It's the combination of squash, tennis, it's quick, you know, it's great fun. So I just absolutely love it. So I always play pedal tennis on a Tuesday uh, morning on my day off. So that's where you'll find me. But I also have grown up doing a lot of swimming and paddle boarding. So I'm happiest when I'm by the sea. I have a, a strong connection to the sea and I love water. But then I also have two little boys. So I love spending time with my boys and family time. I think family time is just, 
you know, number one for me, again, you know, just being with them, they play different sports. So one's really into baseball. So you'll find me on a baseball field on a Saturday, or you'll find me being a caddy and carrying my other little boy's golf clubs, which he absolutely loves for me to clean and be his caddy. So I spend time with my boys and um, my husband. And then as a family, we love to travel. We love to learn, you know, new things about new countries, visit new places, try new foods. But yeah, I'm I'm very much a mum, but then I'm also wife. And then my passion for counselling, which I just love working with the students and it makes me really happy. Well, Jennifer, well, thank you so much, because actually it's great to hear about, I love the fact your, basically it just sounds like a really active lifestyle, doesn't it, to wear everything? Because where did you grow up then? I guess you're not from London. No, I grew up in South Africa. <laughs> yes, so I'd say it was a slight hint of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also lived in Australia. I lived in Brisbane for four years, and then now I've been in the UK for uh, going in 15. Aha, uh-huh. oh my so, goodness. Yes. So yeah, yeah, so not quite so close to the sea uh, in London or not no. a sea that you perhaps want to go paddleboarding <laughs> in. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. And it's been really good just to hear from you about how Channing supports mental health, but most importantly, the opportunities for girls there to actually have a space to yeah, unburdened and to really think about how they can move forward and to have those tools. Thank you so much. It was lovely chatting to you. You too. So there we are. That was the lead counsellor at the senior school, Jennifer Barnaby, talking all about her role at school, what this actually means as well. Jennifer, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. It's amazing to hear how this helps all of the children at school. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.